Sivan sponsored by Dalia Alev in memory of her sister Chana Bat Shmuel Levi and Sarah, Miriam Yassi Sassin, Lilish Mas Miriam's Abba Penas Menachem and Abam David, Ira Brown in honor of his 50th birthday. And the week this week is sponsored by uh, Yael and Avi Miller in memory of Yael's Abba, Avram Ben Zahav Yehuda, who's Yurtzeit and Yudzain Sivan. And everyone should come tomorrow night. There's a uh, dedication of this outdoor area that we have right outside the shul. Um, in memory of her Abba and Ashir by Rebelli Michelle's. That's tomorrow night. I don't remember the time, but you'll, you'll see it. And also, this week is also sponsored by Batya and Chaim David's uh, for the Rafur Shleim of Batya's mother. Someone that's learned with us for many years, actually. Masha Fagel, Bas Chayyanta took care. You'd you'd, you'd, if you'd see her, you'd recognize her, yeah. So she should have a Rafur Shleim. I think they're doing something tonight in one of the shuls. I, they are doing so. I have to be there at 9.30 for her for Shlema. So we should, the learning should produce a lot of good news and a lot of simcha in Yishvadas for all of us. So if you could open up, please, please, Andaf Samech. And I'm going to do a quick, quick recap. <clears throat> do a quick recap of the last two weeks of learning to prepare us for today. Today's a very exciting, exciting piece. Hopefully kind of finishing off this parak. This is a very, very powerful piece hopefully we'll get to today by Rav Cook. So the, first, the last few things that we, we've been learning is that in the exile, concepts like, like just saying these words out loud, saying the following words out loud were completely, completely foreign to us. Concepts like Mikdash, Mamlacha, Nevua, Ruach HaKodesh, we're so distant from us. And in a certain way, sometimes for, for people, when we come back, we've come back to Eretz Yisrael, and you say those words again, they still say, that's for a different time. That's still for a different era. Mamlacha, Mikdash, Nevua, Ruach HaKodesh. Like, what, what other time are you waiting for, if not, <clears throat> if not now? And all we were left with during those years, those thousands of years of Galut, was the most inner layer which kept us existing for so long, which was the world of Halakha. And that's all we had. But what it didn't have was these beautiful three-word, uh, a three-word uh, explanation of what we didn't have. And that is metek avat dodin, the sweetness of the love of beloveds. Zatomeret, Halakha, I felt I was doing the right thing because this is what Hashem said. And this is how Chazal said, but the sweetness of feeling the love of my beloved was not part of my relationship with Hashem necessarily, only for Yechidim, only for lucky individuals. But so many people have also come to this conclusion that even feeling that is also for a future era, but still not yet now, which is absolutely shtuyot. Sweetness of the love of beloved is something that we are right now on the brink of, we were already tuning into, and must become part of the way we experience Yiddishkeit. Now, especially now that we're back, and we're coming back to Eretz Yisrael, it's the time for Metek Ahavad Dodim. And we have to make some things clear to ourselves regarding how we're, gonna act, how we're, gonna, how we're going to carry our Yiddishkeit right now in our lives and understand what it means to be an Eved or an uh, Ovedet Hashem. How, what, that, what that means right now, in, in the era that we're in right now. Like, has Galut really left us or not? Oh, I have a few extra copies here. Does anyone need a, a book for today? Need a book? Need a book? If you, there's two here for purchasing also. Two of these if you want. Does anyone else need a copy? You want a copy? Yeah. Okay. So when you look at Daf Samech, I'm just going to learn the, this first paragraph on Daf Samech and then jump to the next page. But he says over here that what we just said, that understand, we're back. We're back in order to now speak about Metek Ahavat Dodim. We are back to now speak about concepts 
that we couldn't talk about for years. Lake Migdash, Nevoah, Mamlacha, Ruach HaKodesh. We are back for that. that that's, what we're, that's why we're here. We're back for that right now. And we have to make sure, like it says, you can't you can take a boy out of the hood, you can't take the hood out of the boy or something, whatever. A lot of different... You can take a boy out of Brooklyn, Brooklyn, all these... You could take a Yid out of Gullus, but to take Gullus out of a Yid is like one of the most excruciating, difficult concepts and tasks at hand. So look what Rav Sasson says on Daf Samech. Dvarim Elu, you see where he says this? Dvarim Elu. We really need to understand what we've been talking about. What a line. What a line. And you're sitting here saying, what do you mean? We made Aliyah. And he's saying, oh, no, no, no. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. In fact, so much of the issues, per se, that maybe, maybe we're still going through, is because we... We made Aliyah and we brought on our lift like containers and containers of galut in our lifts, right? So we thought the whole thing was just come, come here. And he's saying over here, no, no, no. That's how you view maybe a, a journey to New Zealand or to another pretty place in the world. They say, Mapitom, I efshar lehamshich et chayei hagalut beretz Israel. To prepare ourselves, and to prepare all of us for all the levels that are basically waiting for us on the other side of the wall. What are the ma'alot? What are these levels we're speaking about? Mikdash, Nevoah, Mamlacha, Ruach HaKodesh, all these exalted term, uh, terms, these are things that are waiting for us on the other side of the wall. So it's not just enough. It's not just enough to know where there's something big waiting for us on the other side. Preparation. Now, it's true that after World War II, there was no time for preparation. That's the way... That was, that's the design. We didn't design it like that. Zotomeret, in a, in a perfect state, an ideal state, what would have seemed to be the smartest way to, to, to be here? The smartest way would be, I'm going to be spending intense amount of times on workshops to develop vessels that can contain the light that's waiting for me over here. We didn't have that privilege or that luxury after 1945. We didn't have that luxury. Right? We had to come back home. So in a certain sense, like, it's almost like, well, we had to come back home, and now we're, doing, we're going back and doing some you know, much essential work we, should have been, we could have done in an ideal state before we just came home to Eretz Yisrael. You understand? That's so, like you sitting on Paris in Maybe you have to jump into it. So we jumped in. We had to. We, had to go back we had to jump into it. There was no other way. We had to jump into it. But now we're going back and saying... Okay, in an ideal state, how would I prepare for such, a, such an amazing thing, right? It's almost like certain people, I mean, lahavdil. not that you could ever say you're ready to get married, but in a certain sense, like, it's, it's, it's a mashal that works over here, where you say, um, I, I knew that it was now or never, so I had to get married, and it was the right decision, because in that state in life, I had to just jump and get married. And now I'll spend the, ni- the next few years understanding what, you know, how to contain what's waiting for me on the other side of this light. That's a meeting with the Shekhinah and its unification and its oneness. But, he, but the, to me, the most important line was over here, you, you just can't continue to live the life of Galut in Eretz Yisrael. So, you can't. What we have to be focused on right now, in our Yiddishkeit, in our Avodat Hashem, is the Hachshara, is preparing ourselves for the concepts to kind of basically seep into us concepts that were, were, were just un, untangible. They were, we weren't attached to it for so many years because of the nature of where we were. Now, this is basically, I, I, I hate to say this is like, there, someone once told me, because I, I used the following language, there are two types of Jews, right? So someone came up to me after a shear once, years ago, 
Drasha, the old Shirat David on the bottom of Beit Stone, and he said, you know, there are two types of Jews. There are Jews that say there are two types of Jews, and there are Jews that never go that direction at all, right? So I'm very careful to say, like, oh, everyone's either this or that. However, over here, I can't, I can't help but kind of like, it's just on the tip of my tongue, and you'll understand why. There are those that understand that in order to really be here and to really be shlemim, to be one with the gift that we have right now of being back here and, that it, and it doesn't become old at all, it's that I must delve into kelim to learn about geula, to learn about redemption, to speak about that which has not yet really happened yet. Mechila, b'nei Akiva, it hasn't really, really happened yet. Talking about the real deal, Geula, the big stuff, the big big lights, the the experience, the, the experience, the, the experience of God and of ourselves as people in ways we could have never fathomed and never imagined. And there are those that say, you got to be a realist. You got to deal with what's in front of you right now. You just got to deal with the times and with what's in front of you right now, and do the best you could do with whatever whatever you have to deal with right now that's in front of you. Not, yeah. not now, it's funny though. What's that? It's not, it's not for us now. Right, so she says, yeah. like, mm-hmm. Or, tzadikim. leave it for the real, real holy ones. They'll be the ones that set the ground. They'll, they'll be the ones that take care, they, they take care of everything. But for us, that's not really for us. Leave it, leave it for the big, big neshamas. Now we know that that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do it for us. That doesn't do it for us. We know that we can't ignore an inner calling of saying, I know something really big is happening. I don't really understand it yet, but I must invest all the koach I have to really prepare myself for living in this state that I know Hashem wants to bring down to me. Okay? That's called hachsharat ha-kelim preparing the vessels for redemption. So he's going to speak to us right now on top of Samech Aleph exactly about this. What does it mean to be dealing with Dealing with matters of redemption. That means the, the soul's visualization of it. And accustoming ourselves spiritually to living a redemptive life in Eretz Yisrael. This way of training ourselves to think and live actually prepares Am Yisrael towards whatever is waiting for us on the other side of the wall. This is a very important Yisod I want us all to understand a little bit deeper. How do, I, how do I prepare myself for what Hashem wants to give me? By acting as if it's already here. When my friend once said... Um, one of the ways to get Hashem to uh, you send your zivug for you, if you're looking for your zivug, is to walk around all day long for 30 days saying, oh my God, thank you so much, Hashem. You, great, you gave me a zivug in this world and I'm going to meet them. Bless you. And acting like that. Uh, it's like basically like saying, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. You know, then saying a bracha, they have to say amen to, right? Like the, I believe it's like Baditcher has a famous vort like this. That before Tkiyas Shofar and the Chazarat Ashatz, on Rosh Hashanah, you say, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu, in Yom Kippur you say, Melech, Melech, Ma'avir Ashmotinu B'chol Shana V'Shana, Melech Mochel V'Soleach, Melech Al-Koetz M'Kadosh Yisrael M'Kapurim. Basically saying a bracha that Hashem forgives you for everything, right? And then Hashem says, like, so when you say a bracha, what do you have to do? You have to say Amen, so there's no, you don't leave a choice, right? So when you prepare yourself to live a life of, on, on a level that you're basically preparing yourself for what Hashem wants to give you, has already begun to give you a little bit. He's saying that is the way, that is the preparation toward the best preparation you could do towards what you're going to actually be living and experiencing. Kind of like, no, because nesting is different. Nesting, that, right? That's what it's called before you, before you give birth and run around cleaning the house. <laughs> right, because it doesn't really, I mean, 
the day after the birth, you're not running around living the same way that you did right before. I guess on a certain level over here, we're saying we know there's a certain birth that's going to take place. I'm going to act right now. I'm going to spiritually treat myself as if I'm already in that zone. right? And that, he says, that is the best preparation towards that when it happens, you're one with it and you're there with it. And he continues to explain. Third line, this inner preparation. First one, and Daf Samech Aleph. This inner preparation, with this visualization of the soul and the longing of the heart, in a, in a living and a penetrating way. Not that it's, I visualize it and it's outside of me, but my visualization of what life could be is going into me. These things are not just good for what will be one day, they actually bring Geula closer. No less than the act of making Aliyah, the act of conquering Eretz Yisrael. This is a very important piece of what he's saying over here. The visualization, the thinking about, the drawing of, of what that's going to be and, and implementing that deep down inside of me. These things bring the geula just as close as physical acts that you know are bringing the geula closer. It's strengthening the ritzon and the koach hamoshech when you really believe in koach hamoshech that Hashem is going to give you, so you see it every all the details, and then you can really bring it down because you're uh-huh. coming down from the higher world. Uh-huh. You down, so you can live as if you're living in geula. That that is really bringing it down. Right. The only the only hesitation I have fully to saying that's everything we have to do is that we still have to remember that we're not fully living in Geulah. Zotomeret, you live it you, you live it inside of you while you daven for the full picture because don't stop davening that it should be fully by all of Am Yisrael. Like that's what we have to really, really remember. As much as it's true, we have to prepare ourselves inside by thinking like this, breathing like this, davening like this, living like this. I mean, whatever. We don't we get these horrific, painful reminders like three holy Yidin that lost their lives yesterday in the Egyptian border to remind us this is not Geulah yet. Right? It's not yet Geulah. I spent Shabbos in Tel Aviv. Okay? It's either, there was, it, was either, it was either Mashiach or not at all. Right? So I have, to prepare, I have to choose to say, like I have to choose in my heart of hearts, like, what am I preparing? How, do, how am I living right now in the moment? While knowing that there's still a world out there that doesn't yet think like this and act like this and breathe like this and celebrate like this. We need a lot of Eitzah uh, from Hashem. How to, how to do both, you know? Mamash, how to do both. Back inside. Kidafka ha'havshalah ha'pnimit anafshit ha'pnimit when I, inside, I'm cooking it up, when inside I'm really, really working on experiencing, allowing my neshama to express its longing for things it couldn't long for for so long. What he's saying over here is that it forces my action, part of me, to fulfill the longing of my heart. I'm going to say this again. When I visualize it, when I think about it, and I begin to act like it spiritually, it forces the practical side of me to fulfill the dreams of my heart and not the other way around. The point of feeling shayach to the future begins from the beginning of the soul, the inside of the soul. And I'm trying to find the right word for havshala. It literally means like to cook, huh? Ripening. Thank you. And in its ripening, it comes out from machshava lemaisa. Kedugmat chatuna, like a wedding. Shbevaday kodem shematchil adam lechapes isha umafshil bekirbo pnima beomak ritzono bedimyono lachush bechayav anafshim et atshuka shel chayem mishpacha. Of course, 
before a person sets out to go and look for a spouse, they have a certain image of what they'd like their Shabbos table to look like. Now, you've got to be a little bit flexible here with, when it actually happens, because you have to realize there was another person dreaming about their Shabbos table also. Maybe it didn't look exactly the same thing, but in general, it has to have some kind of similarity, right? Like if, if, the, if the husband had a dream of having a Shabbos table that he sits and it's malchus, it's all so beautiful and glorified. The only thing is, the wife's seat is at a different table in the kitchen, right? And the woman's dream was the same thing, glorified and all beautiful, but her seat was with her husband at the table, yesh po ba'ya, right? There's a problem. But whatever your imagery is when it comes to chasen and you got to have some kind of a similarity to a certain extent of how you, what your hashkafa in the home is going to be like. When it comes over here, when it comes to these in Yanim, of a, he's saying of a person that's dreaming of getting married, something inside of him, he has to start thinking about what that means and to start to awaken the longing inside of his heart as to why he wants this and what he's looking for. And now he's able to come prepared and approach this in a practical way. Al Ken, next paragraph. Now this is what this is the avoda of Ardor. In order for a courageous and loud and strong ruach to awaken within the umakula, within the whole nation, that's Jews everywhere in the world. In order levakesh kodesh umikdash to cause people to ask for holiness. To ask for Mikdash. To ask for Beit HaMikdash. Li'ishtokek, to cause an awakening, to cause people to long l'chidusha nevu'ah ve'al malchut. They never spoke to this about us, about these things when we were kids. Almost anybody in this room, like part of Yiddishkeit, as, as much as everyone did the best they could, they didn't talk about, speak about, like, teach us like how to long, right? Did you guys? <laughs> She's an exception. They had something weird in Cleveland. <laughs> to long for the renewal of prophecy and of monarchy. Right? To cause people to actually think like this and long for this. However, let's be real. Okay? We're living in Eretz Yisrael. We're coming to Geula Shurim and this and that. How much is a part of the way I conduct myself in my life today? I hope I get a good davening on a Friday night and I feel like I'm living a Mashiach, right? There's so much more. There's so much more. He says, how do I get, forget, how do you get the umakula? Let's try to Come on, who here is... How much is that shayach to the way we, we understand Yiddishkeit? We really relate to Yiddishkeit. People that talk like that, you close, the, you close that shir in a second. When they, would you ever like, open a shir that talks about uh, three steps in order to invite um, higher level... Some of you actually would, actually, but most of you wouldn't. Right? <laughs> Some of you would. To invite, to invite into your inner consciousness the demands of, of, of the renewal of prophecy. <laughs> Right, a few of you would. But he's saying in general, now he's talking about umakula. Yeah, that, those were his words. He's, he's talking, this is big stuff. Like he's saying, it's, it's true, there are a few here that would, Baruch Hashem, tune into that station. Umakula, a full nation. That, that's already, that, that's like big stuff. I just want to finish this paragraph. In order for this to happen, second line, what must be? What do you usually what do you usually think about in your heart? That which you think about in your mind. What's usually hanging around in the Mishalot of the Lev, in what your heart desires? That which you're generally thinking about in your mind. That which you're generally visualizing. When you have a fixation over something, 
It's because you can't stop thinking about it. It's because you visualized it. He's saying over here that these concepts of renewal of prophecy, living with the Beit HaMikdash, Mamlacha, all Ruach HaKodesh, the only way for them to really become the things that our hearts as a people are longing for is if we actually think about this nonstop and visualize this nonstop and understand what it is we're asking. Understanding what it is, first of all, so that we don't live in some kind of a world of illusion. That's the, the point of the, that's the point of this whole book. The Jewish nation. Like, that's the point of the whole book because you know why? It, it's not it, it's not enough. I'm, I'm not trying to downplay. God forbid your awakening for feeling Mashiach because it's something that everyone should have at any given moment. But it will not be enough for making like to do this type of work or really like to really win if it only stems from those types of things. And and you just and you're right. I mean, those things wake us up, though. Unfortunately, is. I think we've become. I we. I honestly think we've become desensitized. Mm -hmm. Oh no. As a nation. As I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I'm talking about a whole nation. I think we've become desensitized already. I think once upon a time it did. I don't think any. And 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 it's fine also because it's not supposed to come from that. You know that's it's not no thing dreaming of. Dreaming of prophecy, dreaming of monarchy, can't be something that causes me... The, the cause of dreaming and visualization and thinking like that can't be because it just hurts so much to not have it. Do you understand? It has to be... I can't get married because it hurts too much to be single, right? Right? It's a, it's, between, a it's a difference between running, running towards something and running from, from something. 100%, 100%. Now again, there are moments, like when I'm looking for a zivug, that it is really painful, but that still can't be enough you know, of a preparation inside of me for my spouse to be like, well, yeah, they're ready for you know, the Shabbos table. When I, I just want to clarify something. When I say the Shabbos table, I'm talking about like in a martial way, the Shulchan Melachim that's waiting for us. Because the Gemara likens Churban Bayit Vishon to Oilo Lebanim Shegalu Me'al Shulchan Aviyem. Like the Galut is like children that left their parents' Shabbos table. That's why I keep on using that, 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 that phrase. Just wanted to make it clear. So Jenny, it's, I'm not, again, I'm not belittling Chalila, a moment of you longing for Geula. But what he's saying over here is like to get the whole Ummah Kula, which is a tall order, to get the whole nation to actually long for these things, we must figure out a way to get people to think about this much more, to visualize it much more, so that it activates, it, it, and it, it's aligned with what the heart really wants. And we're doing a phenomenal job, and yet we haven't even begun to do the job as well. Sometimes you do have, you know, you do have like certain chavra, like Ari and Jeremy, that are, you know, they are out there, you know, the, anyone that knows them, you have to be a certain character to be able to, to dedicate your life like, like this, but the, the world in their little bubble that they have set up on that mountain, in that farm, is a world that's very, very connected to living like this about, oh, it, it actually could be, like, there really could be a renewal of prophecy. Like, there really could be mamlacha. We just have to sh bring in that type of, it really could be into our bubbles. More and more and more and more. It really will be. It really will be. Yeah, it, re it really will be. Mamash kacha. And it's almost like you want to, people always say, I, I, this is really b bothers me. They say about certain people that died, in their death, they commanded us to be alive. That, that's the Yerusha. 
the six millions, the six millions tzava, if we had to write a, a will for them, right? It wouldn't just be, obviously, you should stay alive and move to Eretz Yisrael, right? Of course it has to be like, the, those tears of Auschwitz, Aliyah is not the, the, the answer. Chidush HaMamlacha, Chidush HaNevoah, right? And even that's not the answer. Only Mashiach, like meaning, but that is Mashiach. Like anything that we could think of in our, in Olam Hazet terminology, it will never, ever, ever, ever be enough of like living out the will and testimony of the six million. You know, but just, we, don't, we haven't accustomed ourselves to talk like this yet because we were still coming out of Galut, coming back to Eretz Yisrael, slowly, slowly. It's almost like, can you imagine if there was a total Kabbalistic Nefesh ben Nefesh? Can you imagine if there was a whole department of Nefesh ben Nefesh that only spoke Kabbalah talk? <laughs> yes, you have to say yes, imagine it. I know it sounds insane, but imagine like, you know, imagine this. It's funny, I was in their headquarters recently, and I say it, headquarters, because if you haven't been there, it's mamish, like malchus, if you've been to their new uh, campus. Oh my God, it's behind, in Cinema City. Unbelievable, it's really unbelievable. Very impressive, what they're doing. It's unbelievable. And we had a meeting there with the, and I, I realized like now that I'm talking like, but that would have been an interesting meeting, opening up the Kabbalah department in Nefesh Benefesh, speaking. I think he, Josh would go, yeah, he's open, he's good, he's great. I think he'd go for it. Rabbi Joshua Fass, yeah. Okay, look back inside. I want to read again the second paragraph over here. Al ken kedeshet itorer ruach kabira ba'uma kula levakesh kodesh u'migdash liishtokek lechidush anevua ve'amalchut muchrach adavar sheiyu atziurim aruchaniim ve'egyonei halev shkuin be'ofen amok ve'choder. Like, think about the last thing that you, that you can't stop thinking about. Right? What's the last... Don't, don't say it out loud, because... It, 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 because, no, sometimes like, there's such honesty, or someone will say, Dr. Phil, or something. They, it doesn't matter. One time I said, like, what's the last thing that you're, that you're really thinking about nonstop? It was in a sheer. And some guy's mamish was so honest. It was a moment of just... He felt like it was one of these, like, therapy open workshops, but not everyone was on the same page with him, and he said, Judge Judy, that's what he said. <laughs> Mama, here, he said in the middle of a shear. You know that is, right? No? You're not holding? Yeah. She's still alive? Yeah. yeah. No, not who the person is, who Judge Judy is, yeah. <laughs> He's saying, can you imagine, can you imagine if like, you actually walked into a room, and you said, okay, now it's time to be fully like, just like raw, and it's not going to leave this room right now. What are you? What is everyone here? What are you fixated over? What, what is driving you crazy in your deepest depths inside of you? And he took one room of people, and one room of people said, "But just, it, just imagining what it would be like to send our children to schools of prophecy, which is what was, and which is what will be." Instead, we're we're so happy and thrilled when we have these little hatzlachas with our children, which is true, you have to be happy about little, every, every level of success, right? But like, can you imagine that? If you pushed yourself to be like, you know, what would really, really make me happy and feel like a very responsible parent is if we actually were sending our children to schools of, like, to become little prophets, prophetesses, like that's what will be. Mamash. Therefore, we have to really introspect and think deeply about the inner layers of holiness within the life of Am Yisrael in order to understand the order of the Avoda of our Geula. Sorry, sorry, Sod, Avodat Geulatenu. The secret of how to be an Eved Hashem in the context of redemption. Thank you. Ra'uya Davar. So he says, yeah, let's start, let's start talking about what this kind of life looks like. Ra'uya Davar. She'olam ha-Torah b'chlaluto yit'asek. What should the world of Torah be dealing with? What should it be investing its time in? Mitoch romemut v'simchat lev. From a place of exaltedness and joy in the heart, it should be thinking, talking about tziurei ha'atid. You know what that means? 
מחפש ציורי העתידים. Of the future. Drawings of the future. ישאר ויצייר את המדרגות הנישאות המתקרבות אלינו. What the world of Torah should be speaking about and emphasizing are the worlds of metek ahavat dodim, of the sweetness of love of beloveds that is coming closer and closer and closer to us. ובאמת, כמידת התקרבות האורות, as the lights, and to the, in accordance to the measure of these lights coming closer to us, כן יכולה הנפש לשערם ולמששם. So too can the soul actually feel. You could feel it, and the soul feels more at home more, while we speak about this more and more. And this is, what we, this is what we discuss when we're talking about the world of Torah. כי הם ניצבים כבר, because these lights are already there, בבחינת מתי ולא מתי. That means you're touching and you're not touching. It's like here and there, it's mamash. כאילו right there, נוגעים ולא נוגעים. כרוח אלוקים המרחפת על פני המים. Like the spirit of God that's hovering above the water, like, it's, like he uses here from the first parak of Bereshit. בכל המגביה עצמו מעט מעל ההוויה הנתפסת בהווה. Anyone that elevates themselves just a little bit above the way the world it perceives reality, יוכל לחוש את משב הקודש של חיי הגאולה. You could sense already this rhythm, this flow, this energy that's called geula, that's mamish here. Et or ha'atid, the light of the future, hanibat b'chalamot ha'oveh shel kol ba'alev. This is a very interesting terminology. The light of the future, which is sprouting forth in the dreams of anyone who has a heart, right? Shel kol ba'alev. That's all of us, don't worry, he's not excluding anyone, right? Shel kol ba'alev. Umimela, and what will be the natural outcome of this kind of life? Yemit ga'agel mevakeshet or chayi ha'geula. You're not going to be satisfied with just moving it. You're going to ask for the light of the redemption. Your life will be one that's like, if you had to draw a picture of your life, a meme of your life, it would be one who lives in a state of asking for the light of redemption. Umitoch levavo, Yukran adavar gam liyeter echav, from the heart, next page, this thing will be a yukran, it'll be radiating towards the rest of your brethren. V'yebasman bebismei lev tahor. Ah, such beautiful words. Yebasman. That's from the Russian of besamim. You will fragrance people. <laughs> you will intoxicate them with your fragrance. Because it's the fragrance of a pure heart. Hameyachel likdushat kodesh hakodeshim. That's longing for a life of kodesh hakodeshim. You know, I'm sure that some of the greatest experiences you've had in life have been not by hearing words of someone that lives like this, but being in the presence of people that live like this. Because being in the presence of people that live like this, just being in their presence, is like fragrance. They don't have to say anything. But it literally has... This, an incredible smell. The untainted sense. The untainted sense. And that's the, the, the nefesh, the neshama, relates to that more than any word that could be said that first needs to go through a filtering, pro, an intellectual process of understanding. The you, you, live, you live around people like this and it's, it, it does something to you. People that are actually living in this, in this state already. There's besamim coming out of them. They cause you to dream. They cause you to do exactly what he's saying we need to do for the whole Ummah, arousing people to start dreaming like this, to dream bigger, to think bigger, to not be satisfied. But he says, but there's a key word here he said, and I think I know why he said it. It's very easy to drop in it, to sink into a very dark place, dafka after learning Torahs like this. Because you could say, well, who lives like this? How much do we have a chance to see it in our door? How much do I have a chance to see it in me? And further, how far I am from what I thought was the truth after going through something like this, right? So therefore he says, if you remember the beginning of this paragraph, the way you deal with this is mitochorom emut v'simchat lev. Like the only way you could actually visualize 
a world of prophecy, a world of mikdash, can only come from the joy of the heart. It can't come from the place of, oh my God, look how far we are. Look how far I am. We're doomed for another God knows what, how many years of this Gilbul. It has to come from Simcha Salev. That's why I'm shocked that in his Svarim, I mean, it's, it's amazing that I don't see that much Hasidut because I can't understand how he could... I don't see it yet. I haven't been through uh, too much of his Svarim, but it's just like... It's so interesting to me. Well, we, we'll see. I mean, he... Just on the bottom of this page, you see a Rav Kook, but... I mean, Kitve Arizal, big time. The Maharal, very much. Once in a while, I've seen a Likutei Torah. I have seen an Alter Rebbe here and there, right? The Ramchat, yeah, but that's still not him. I'm saying from the world of Chassid, it's very interesting that he's able to attach himself so much to speaking about such lo- these, these concepts. And it's not Dafka the way that we normally have, will have, have seen it through other Shirim. You know, Reb Tzadok, the Lubliner. It's, it's interesting to me. It's, like a, it's an important Chidush I think we need to have. And that's why the, what I said before doesn't work. It's just very good. Nachon. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Look at the next paragraph. Secrets of the Torah deal more with eternity. Secrets of the Torah speak about the full and complete levels that Am Yisrael is destined to live. Not the momentary ones that we have to get through, work on this midah and then move forward. Therefore, learning the inner dimensions of the Torah, it fills the heart of anyone that learns it. It fills it with holiness. It fills it with purity. And it also fills it with full and complete pictures of visualizing the future. Not, not, not partial pictures. Full picture of what, it would, what, what, what it's going to look like in the future. HaTorah, the secrets of Torah, they open up in the soul of man windows towards the future. And they elevate a person from the way that I grasp reality in front of me today. This fact affects in a tremendous and deep way the building of what we want, binyan retzono shel adam, sheyachel lishof ulichsof el shlemut agdola, that causes us to aspire and long towards the full, complete picture. Ki aratzon shel adam mushpa mimerchavat visa, man's will, what they desire, what they want, is influenced very much from how much I grasp, what I grasp in front of me. To be real, to be reality. So when a person only sees in front of them what's in front of them, so therefore, if I'm only looking at what I, what's in front of me, what am I going to want? My wants and desires are only going to be based on what's in front of me. What's in front of me is not something to write home about at all. Not at this stage in our lives, right? But when a, fir- when a person releases themselves from the shackles of grasping reality just with what's in front of me, and they draw the future in front of them, this godly, complete picture 
שמסבבת את התהליך הגאולה, which surrounds the whole process of redemption, אז הוא מתרומם ברוחו. Then I'm activating myself and dreaming now on a higher level, on a higher dimension. I'm looking at life in a completely different way. הוא מתגבר לכסוף ולשאוף למדרגות גדולות. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it. You could think bigger. You could dream bigger. חש הוא שכיסופים אלו אינם מנותקים מהמציאות. And a person like this feels that now, talking about prophecy, מקדש, ממלכה, are not disconnected from reality. Because whose reality are you living? Are you living the reality of what's right in front of you? Then yeah, you're right, it's disconnected from reality. But do you think a Jew was put in this world just in order to grasp the reality that's in front of them, the Zell? Come on. Napitom. That is Galut. Galut is you gotta deal with the reality that's in front of you. That's all you have to work with. Anything else aside from that is Menutak Mahmetziut. Here we are as a people, the unfathomable experience of after six million Jews are killed, we come back here, we build a, a, a country, we're living in a completely menutak ma'amitziyut mitziyut, a disconnected from reality type of reality, but now is the time in life that we have to start figuring out how these things work in a more misudai way of living like this. Not because, like what Jenny said before, not only because I have a tragedy, but rather because I choose to dream and, and live like this. The pessimistic ones, the one that clip off the wings of our dreams, they are the ones that are sunken into a very contracted grasping and an imaginary, not a real grasp of the metziyut, of the reality. So, Rav Kuk, so he quoted Rav Kook here. He didn't say the Rav Kook yet inside. That's the next piece. But what he did say was, you know what learning Pnimius Torah is, is all about? Learning Pnimius Torah elevates you to grasp the re- a much more real reality than the one that's right in front of you because it's speaking about who you're going to be in a, more com- in a complete way. It causes you to... Li- it's kind of what the P.S.S. Nerebbe writes in the beginning of Bnei Machshavatova when he's speaking about what kind of Chabura is getting together. He's like, we're not trying to be tzaddikim, we're not trying to be the perfect people. We're just a group of people that are trying to live life just a bit higher and in a more elevated state than the way most people are in this world. The pessimistic ones are the ones that clip off those wings and say, you're setting yourself up for disaster, you're setting yourself up for falling even further. And he's calling it out over here very clearly and saying, that's not that you're meant to to develop the most incredible sense of visualization and imagination not based on hallucinations, based on the secrets of Torah, based on learning Pnimiyut Torah, based on learning that which your soul wants to learn. And that's a bigger picture, a more complete picture. And he ends off here, I have to, sorry, there's fewer minutes, we have to go forward. This is how Rav Kook explains the zika. You know what this, you know what zika means? Affinity. This is how Rav Kook explains the affinity between learning the secrets of Torah and the awakening, the inner awakening for redemption and for demanding from Hashem, let us fully be us here. Let, we're walking around with one wing. Like, asking Hashem, like, let us fully be here. Like, the real deal. Fully to be here. He said, the more we're learning the inside dimension of the Torah, the more that we come out to sing such words. Right? Let us fully be here. In our full state. While we're saying thank you. 
Okay, don't, don't get me wrong. While we're saying thank you for every second, please, HaKadosh Baruch let us read. This is what learning the inner dimension of the Torah is all about, which is what we're fully dedicated to here. So look, now he's going to quote Rav Cook on the bottom. Sitrei Torah mevi'im et He just says it straight out. The secrets of the Torah, the inner dimension of the Torah, it brings the Geula. Meshivim et Yisrael le'artso. It restores Am Yisrael to its, to its land. Mipnei she'torat emet be'oz hegyona ha'pnimi. The Torah of truth in its inner logical strength doreshet be'acharvata et ha'neshama ha'mle'a shel ha'uma. It demands in a much, in, in its full width, the complete soul of the whole nation. And the nation is beginning now to feel the pain of Galut. What does it mean to feel the pain of the Galut? Not that it's hard for me that I'm not home. Not that it's hard for me that there's anti-Semitism. But rather, Tzivyon means character. How it's impossible for our character to fully come to life Rav Kook says it's in pop, the neshama starts to feel the pain of what galut is when it realizes it it can't really be itself the full character cannot really come to play it can't come out while I'm feeling while I'm feeling completely drenched Al-Admat Nechar, that means foreign soil. Avalkolzman, next page, Avalkolzman She'or HaTorah Elyona, Hu Chatum Ve'Azuk, and as long as the, the light of the supernal Torah, that means the inner dimensions of the Torah, is concealed, En HaTviya HaPnimit Shel Shivat Zion Mit'oreret Be'Omek HaEmuna. Then the, basically what he's saying is, you're left with secular Zionism. That's basically what he just said over here. You're left with a demand to come back home to Eretz Yisrael that has nothing to do with soul. It just has to do with survival. But what we're, what he says it can't be that 2,000 years of Galut left us to be now in a place of the demand to come back home just to survive. Lo <laughs> It's amazing, Jenny. He's addressing exactly what you brought up. He's saying over here, the awakening that comes from feeling haunted by other nations, it's not, that's not the awakening. It's a happenstance awakening. So it awakens certain weak, certain weakened uh, strength that's inside of us. Aval yesoda chayim, but the foundation of life muchlach lavo mitzad atzmiuta shel atviya hatzuratit shel auma. But what really the way to come and ask for Eretz Yisrael to come and ask for all these things is only because we're basically saying Hashem, who we are and what we have to do in this world can't take place in any other way, shape, or form, other than when the full character is able to express itself. That's a world with Migdash, Nevuah, Mamlacha, and Ruch HaKodesh. That's where it comes from. And, and for sure, this is, this is essential joy. Nachon me'od. gadal kol This will only grow, this demand of my character wanting to come to life and believing in my character coming to life will only grow when the deeper layers of Torah, when people are learning more and more the inner dimensions of the Torah. And that's what will arouse us. And not only, and again, just to make clear, he spent a chunk of this chapter emphasizing that this does not mean replacing halakha. It means working on halakha. Halakha can't, it's the goof 
Yisrael bli It's the goof of the body, but the neshama now is able to be alive. So that you need the body in order, while we're in this world operating, in order for the soul to express itself. This is the complete picture, what he says. Lezot, bottom paragraph. Sovev, sovev, haruach. We see the spirit of a Yid, of Yiddishkeit, of Am Yisrael, getting stronger and stronger. Okerhu harim. That means it uproots mountains. Poretzu pratzot. It, uh, what's the right word here? Poretz. Breaks through boundaries. Mesavevu chavalim v'tzirim, aval megamatam hi pirzat derech bifnei ha'orah ha'elyonah. What it really is trying to do is to basically bring the deeper, deeper light of the Torah and give it access to everyone, to every single Jew. Hanovat minishmata ha'aziza shal knesset Yisrael, sitrei Torata, kabalata, moreshet avot, va'adirut nishama. There's just so much here in these words. Be'ofi ha'miyuchad la, be'hashkafat olama ve'romemut musara, I'm going to explain this in a second. Ha'olech is just very, very poetic. Very rough cook in such a beautiful way. He's saying over here, you understand your yichus, you understand your job in this world, you understand why you can't sleep at night, you understand the hardships, you understand everything that seems that is so detached from the reality that you see in front of you when you lift yourself up from the reality that you see in front of you. Everything starts to make sense. All these questions you have in life about yourself, about your people, about your tafkid, everything starts to make sense when you stop trying to understand it through the lens of the reality you see in front of you. Which in today's day and age is such for those that receive their information about what goes on in this world through Olam Hazet channels, <coughs> media, it's, there's no way, and it's, it's just so convincing. Forget if you like what they say or don't, even if you like what they say, that's still not the real reality. It's still not going to enable your character to really show up in its full picture. So Rav Kook, this is, I mean, we, we, we did this last week of Rav Kook really fast because I really wanted to finish this parak today. But I think that what Rav Kook is telling us over here and what, 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 what Rav Sasson is really emphasizing for us is like, you know, I'm dedicating my life, he's saying, so that people could actually feel like they're, they have a chance of expressing the full picture of themselves in this world. Like I'm writing these farm and building this mahalach so that Not only we won't ignore our, our souls, our longing of our souls, but that we really are back here, Tzarich, back here in Eretz Yisrael. Like we're really back here. And as much as all of the national holy avoda is holy, if it's not, if done in the realm of, like with the, with the, with the visualization, of Nevu'ah and Malchut and Migdash, you'll have the most right-wing governments ending up being the ones that remove Jews out of their homes. Every single time a Jew was kicked out of their home in Eretz Yisrael, it was done by right-wing governments who are supposed to be the kivyachol, so to speak, the ones that are thinking about the more Eretz Yisrael hashlema picture. But when it's not coming from a place of hitorerut nefesh look what happens. And we're going to keep on coming back and forth. And Can you imagine if there was a Kabbalistic party in the Knesset? <laughs> it's funny, you do have a Hasidic party and you see how disconnected Hasidus is, you know, on a certain level from like the principles of the Baal Shem Tov's way of living, right? But it's an amazing thing. Can you imagine these things? Kabbalistic, listen, we're, that's what... Maskana this year, we're opening up Kabbalistic Nefesh Benefesh offices and we're setting up a Kabbalistic party in the next Knesset.
Aye, we should just be privileged, privileged to really believe very strongly in our, in our capacity to dream, to be, to be ones that think about these inyanim these, these all day and all night and spread that throughout the whole ummah, ummah shlema, and kacha bezrat Hashem, we will really feel much more aligned with our job and our purpose in this world, bezrat Hashem. Okay, it should be a Geula Dika week. Here, redemptive week.